old, old Testament tonight. I, I have some new ones, but uh, the Word of God is always right. And it's just as powerful today if it was spoken by God this very day. That's how powerful the Word of God is. It is always up to date. When we read out of this book, we are reading God's infallible Word. And it is forever settled in heaven. Let men come out with new translations. Let them try to do away with the Word of God. But it is forever settled in heaven. And it will stand in the 24th chapter of the book of Joshua. I want you to turn there with me. Joshua, the 24th chapter. A familiar text here tonight. Joshua 24. Let us read. In verse 14 of that chapter, Joshua the son of Nun said in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How many can say that tonight? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In the book of Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, listen to what the Bible said in verse 19. God says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. The Lord will help me tonight. I'd like to preach on we are destined by our own decisions. Destined by our own decisions. God has put in the heart of every one of us a desire to serve Him. But nowhere in this book will you read where God has ever forced anyone to serve Him. He has simply created us as free moral agents. And He said, I have set before thee blessing in life, cursing in death. And it's up to you to make the choice which way you want to go. We live tomorrow with decisions we make today. We are living tonight, and some of you are suffering consequences tonight of bad choices back yesterday or in the years gone by. You see, nowhere, nowhere does God take a man and say, you're going to serve me? For to do so would do away 
with man's free moral agency and his right to choose. But God created in us an intellect. And he says to us, I've set before thee life and blessing. Looks like anyone would choose that. But all you have to do is drive down the streets I've driven around this city quite a bit today. Once, not by choice. I got mixed up and turned around. And I've driven around the city quite a bit today. But all you have to do is look over this area and you can soon see that many have made the wrong choice. That they are choosing death and cursing rather than life or blessing. I notice my own children, when they get up the age of accountability, when they get up to the age where they uh, get to the place where they start making their decisions, I can see that some of them are prone to be more spiritual than others and to choose good things rather than evil things. Where on the other hand, right in the same family, we seem to have those that are always reaching for the forbidden things. I'm going to preach to you here in just a minute. I want to lay a background here for my message tonight. But you see, tonight there are broken homes because of bad choices. There are some things that's very important. When you go to choosing a companion for your lifetime, I'm not talking about just today, but you better look on ahead when that hair is going to turn white like mine. And uh, you better look on ahead, way ahead, and realize that not only are you choosing just for today, but you are choosing for the future. You say, well, I made a bad choice. I'm sorry. But I chose my wife 32 years ago. And I'd like to tell you, I've seen a lot of women since the time I chose her. But she is still my choice tonight. I am happy with my choice tonight. But there are many that do not feel that way. When there are 11 and a quarter million divorces in America last year, somebody did not feel the way that I feel. So he... So the Bible tells us that Joshua calls the, calls the people together. There seems to be a division among them. Some are leaning toward the idol gods. Some are leaning toward idolatry. Some are leaning toward the Jehovah God. But Isaiah or Joshua says to those people, he said, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Then with no uncertain terms, he made his choice known and he said as for me and my house we will serve the lord you see god sent his holy spirit to draw men to woo men the spirit and the bride say come let him that heareth say come let him that is the first come and whosoever will let him come and take of the waters of life freely but nowhere will God force an individual to serve him. So listen to the message tonight. We are destined by our decisions. Could I be safe in saying without anyone uh, falling out with me? Would I be safe in saying if 
you end up in hell, lost and undone, turned into the flames of hell without God and without hope, you will be the victim of your own choosing. You choose the way that you want to travel. As a young man, many years ago, some of you might not know much about me, as a young man, I was in business in the state of California. I had my own business and it was thriving. I had been working for me and my business was doing good. I built me a beautiful home. Please don't fall out with me, but I was right on that Pacific Ocean and it's so much prettier than that Atlantic Ocean. Them beautiful blue waters of the Pacific are so beautiful. Oh, I done see I got off on the wrong track there. But I was in the state of California, and I built my house on the highest hill overlooking the Pacific Ocean. You can look out my window, see the big ships coming in and coming out. And there I was in business. But one night, I felt a tug at my heartstrings. And God said, I've set before you blessing and life death and cursing. It's time to make a choice. You're at the crossroads, Don Rich, and you need to make a choice which way you want to go. I looked at my business. I looked at all that I had. I looked at my old friends and associates, and then somehow I looked beyond all of that, and I saw something better. And I said with Joshua of old, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I came in and gave my heart to God. Make a long story short, God gloriously saved me, brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. A few a weeks, months went rolled by, and the Lord gloriously sanctified me and filled me with the power of the Holy Ghost and called me to preach his gospel. And I looked at that beautiful home that sat on the hill. I looked at that new car sitting in the garage that was paid for. I looked at all that I had there, security, all the blessings that I had there in life. And I looked out and I saw the souls of men dying without God. I saw that the harvest truly was plenteous, but the labors are few. And I made up my mind right then and there that I'd leave all of that behind. And I'd launch out and preach this everlasting gospel. I made my choice to serve God. I sold that home. I sold my business. I launched out and for a long time I would not even receive an offering. Expensive. I was in a church this size. I had money. I spent every penny that I had carrying the gospel. Finally reached the place where I had to receive offerings. But I'd like to tell you tonight in the light of long eternity I made the right choice when I said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord. Oh, my friends looked at me. Some said, man, you're crazy to give all of this up. But, you know, I couldn't keep it anyhow. Amen. Soon somebody else will live in your house. Amen. Somebody else may drive your car. Amen. Somebody else may have your bank account. How can you lose giving up that which you cannot keep and getting a hold of that which you cannot lose? Amen. How can you lose making that choice? So I launched out preaching the gospel. I was raised with 
four of my three of my cousins and the four of us there's only about a month's difference between our ages all right in the same age bracket all born within a month of each other so we was raised up as brothers rather than cousins but finally we had a family reunion a few years ago and all of my cousins come in one of my cousins is a millionaire now amen he's already retired he's my age and he's retired got his summer home up in colorado in the mountains another summer home down on the beach somewhere and he's got everything at his fingertips and he rose up and told what all he had and then another cousin of mine stood up and told that he had a house 4,500 square feet in his house, uh, building a half moon circle, a uh, half moon shape. Uh, he works for Culligan Waters, a manager of soft water machines down in, on the desert in uh, someplace down in Texas there. Another cousin was with the FBI, has a high position and has a lot, quite a bit of money. And then they finally waited on me to stand up. I'll have to admit I've had to wear some hand-me-down clothes. I've bought some of my suits, amen, over to Goodwill store. Amen, there's been times whenever we didn't have the money for a motel and we slept by the side of the road, didn't have the money to buy a meal at the restaurant, got a loaf of bread and a big chunk of bologna and stopped out and fed the children. But I'll tell you one thing that I have, Amen. From the east coast to the west coast, north and south, I have sheaves that I have won for Jesus. Souls that I have gathered into the garner for the Lord. And not only that, amen, but I'm happy serving the Lord. I would not trade my inheritance for all that this world has to offer. I'm glad I made the choice to serve Jesus Christ. Which kind of road are you on? Which way are you traveling tonight? God plainly declares that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, that broad road that leads to destruction is there. Also, that straight and narrow way is there. And then you have the choice which one of those roads you want to travel. But remember that downward road is crowded and the end of that road that seems so easy is everlasting destruction and damnation. But there's another road here that's straight. Amen. It's narrow. Amen. But oh, you don't want only to look where it starts, but you need to look where the road ends. And this road ends in everlasting life. So I'll say tonight, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What kind of choices are you making tonight? You know, it's we. I went by that Krispy Kreme this morning up here somewhere. You know where that place is at? And got in there. Shouldn't tell off on myself. But got in there and all of those different kinds. Hard to choose, isn't it? Hard to make up your mind which kind you want. But you see, amen, that was this morning. 
And now that decision doesn't amount to anything. It doesn't matter whether I had a regular glazed donut or, or a cream fill or what. That doesn't matter. But when it comes to eternal things, when it comes to spiritual things, one million years from now, amen, it'll matter which choice you made. I'm glad I chose to serve the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Listen, listen to me. The Bible tells us about a man by the name of Moses. When he was born, there was a decree in Egypt to kill all of the Hebrew male children. But when his parents saw that he was a proper child, amen, the Bible said they hid him for three months, hid him from the Egyptians. But there came a day when he could not be hid any longer. There came a day when they could not hide their child anymore. Therefore, Moses' mother, Jochebed, she made her little ark out of bulrushes, and she took and dabbed it and put it down in the river Nile. I can see her. She brings that child down to the water, and in reality, she's putting it in the river Nile. But by faith, she's rocking that cradle in the hand of Almighty God. And so she puts that little crib down in the water. And Pharaoh's daughter comes down that evening to bathe herself with her maidens. And they heard something crying. And then they saw that little uh, bulrush ark over there. And they brought it over. When she opened it up, the baby was weeping. And Pharaoh's daughter's heart fell for that little child, Moses. Over standing by the side was Myra, Moses' sister. And you know, she was a pretty smart girl. She ran up and said, Amen, it's a Hebrew. Would you like for me to get a Hebrew nurse to take care of this child? And I can see Pharaoh's daughter saying, Yes, that would be the proper thing to do, to get a Hebrew woman to take care of this Hebrew child. And Myra went and got Moses' own mother. And the, oh, listen, nobody can take care of your children like they should be taken care of. Amen. The real mother's the one that needs to bear that responsibility. And so the Bible tells us, oh, can't you see Moses, a mother frowning, grieved in her heart whenever she has to give up that child and put him in the river. But when Myram comes back and says, uh, the Pharaoh's daughter's wanting you to take your own son and nurse him, I can see her shouting and rejoicing as she brings her baby back and starts taking care of him. But there came a day when she had to deliver him up to the Egyptian palace. So Pharaoh's daughter said, here's your son. And Moses become the son of of Pharaoh's daughter, raised in the Egyptian culture. There he had everything at his fingertips, a life of ease, a life of joy, a life of comfort. Oh, I can see her pampering that little fella now, taking care of him, and he kept growing and growing, educated there in the Egyptian palace. But one day, when he was come to years, Hear me. Not an immature decision. But when he was come to years, he come to the crossroads, just like every one of you will do sooner or later. He come to the crossroads in his life. And when he looked down this way, 
He saw a road of a life of ease and comfort. He saw a life of luxury. He saw a life where he would not want for anything. Possibly in line to even sit on the throne. For now he was a prince. But when he looked down to the road to the right, he saw suffering. He saw pain. He saw problems as he looked down that road to the right. But somehow he got a glimpse on past all of that suffering. He got a glimpse on past all of that persecution. And the Bible said he began to see him who was invisible. Amen. He saw somewhere beyond all of that a celestial city. And the Bible said Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And so he forsook all that Egypt had to follow the Lord. Well, did it pay off, Moses? What about it, Moses? You've chose the rough road. You've chose the suffering. You've chose the life of pain. How about it? Did it pay off? But wait a minute. Who's this coming down from the mountain? His face so aglow that the people cannot look upon him. He has to put a veil over his face. Who is this man coming down from the mountain with his face so strangely alit? It's like looking into the new arising of the sun as it comes up in the east. Who is this man and how did he get that shine? He did not get it from looking on diamonds and pearls and gold and silver. This man, Moses, that's who it is. And where did he get the shine? He had been up talking with God Almighty on the mountaintop. And that's where he got the shine on his countenance. Was it worth it, Moses? God said, I will speak to others in dreams and visions. But as for my son Moses, I will speak to him face to face. Hallelujah. Where did he get that shine? He got it from looking on the glory of God. But there came a day when Moses died. The man that made the choice. He died. You're going to die. And you and you and you and you. If Jesus doesn't come, every one of us will go by the way of the grave. How about it? Moses died. He didn't call no funeral possession. God said, I'll take care of this one. And God took Moses and buried him. And no man knew where God had buried Moses. Oh, years roll by and turns in to centuries. And centuries roll by. There comes a lowly man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And he's facing the cross at Jerusalem. He's facing the suffering. And out there, as he took his disciples with him up on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus' raiment becomes glorious. The shine of his apparel becomes so white. Amen. They begin to see that this man is deity. And then all of a sudden, from the land uh, where there's many mansions, there appears a man. Who is this man coming here? Look back. It's that Moses. Amen. That way back chose to serve God 
Almighty shows back up on the scene Moses and Elijah and they come there to strengthen the Lord I'd like to tell you tonight there is a future in God amen there is a future serving God but oh brother if you make the wrong choice young person you can choose which way you want to go but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord the story is told of a young man he was in prison facing death row. He would not allow any minister to talk to him. He refused any spiritual counseling. But on the day before he died, he finally allowed the prison chaplain to come and talk to him. The chaplain said to him, young man, you need to surrender your life to Jesus. You're getting ready to face the electric chair. Young man turned to the chaplain and said, You see this tattoo on my arm, sir? It tells the story of my life. The chaplain looks on his arm, and there's a tattoo which simply says, Born to Lose. He said, That's why I'm here. That's why I'm in trouble, sir. That's why I'm facing an electric chair. I was born to lose. But the chaplain looks him back in the eye and says, Young man, you was not born to lose. You was born to choose. And you chose the wrong road. And now you're suffering the consequences of your choice. Oh, hear me tonight. Nobody in here was born to lose. Every one of you has an opportunity to choose the right road. I pastored in Orville, California. I pastored there in that church for almost four years. And on August, August issue of the Newsweek, 1987, they come out with an issue called The Face of AIDS. In here they have nearly 400 people who died with that terrible dreaded disease, AIDS. But as I thumb through this issue, my attention is drawn. My attention is drawn to page number 30. And on page number 30, I read a young man's name, Randall Hyman, died at age 33. He was a bartender in a gay bar in Sacramento, California. He worked at the saloon. He died with AIDS. Who is this young man? Is it some young man that never had any religious training? Is it some young man that never heard the gospel? Oh, no. This is a young man out of a holiness home who had a godly mother a God-fearing, praying mother. And here he is. This is a young man who never had the gospel preached to him. Oh, no. Preceding me was Brother Clarence McDaniel, an outstanding holiness preacher who pastored him in his early youth. And then I came in his teen years, and he sat under my preaching night after night after night. Amen. Listen to my kind of preaching. 
But at the age of 33, he went into hell. I said he went into hell. Not because he did not know. Not because he had no religious training. But because he chose the road of perversion. Because he chose to go down that downward road. Let me tell you something. And I'm beginning to feel like preaching. You're making your own choice tonight. You're choosing which way you want to go. Listen to me closely. Life will soon be over. Amen. Their hands on the clock will soon stand still. Amen. Time will be no longer. An angel will be dispatched from heaven and put one foot on land and another foot on sea and swear by him that liveth forever that time shall be no longer. Then you'll have to face your choice. Will it be heaven or will it be an eternal burning hell? I don't care what the modernists say. Brother, there's still a hell that's hot. Amen. There is still a place of torment. Somewhere right now in the regions of hell, men, women, boys, and girls are screaming and crying and begging for mercy, but no mercy can be found. They are there because they made the wrong choice. Choose you this day whom you'll serve. Oh, nobody makes me be a holiness preacher. Sometimes folks look at us and they feel sorry for us. Don't feel sorry for me. This is my choice. I choose this road. Hallelujah. This is my choice. I choose holiness and righteousness and purity. Young people, the devil's making a big display of what he has to offer. But oh, if you look underneath that display, there is bitterness, there is anguish of soul, and there is an eternal hell right underneath that shot. But the Lord offers life. The Bible said the thief cometh not before to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. My daughter Tanya is here. She hears me preach every night. Except when we're on the road. I've preached as high as 99 nights in a row without one night off. 99 nights. She's heard me preach. But just because Daddy is a holiness preacher, And just because mama prays with her every morning before she goes to school does not mean that she's going to go to heaven. It simply means that God has set before her life and blessing, death and cursing. But she has to make her own choice. Choose the wrong road. Come on out here with me, Tanya. And just because you belong to Brother Rich, amen, just because you came into our family does not mean that she's going to make heaven. Amen. She will be the victim of her own choice. If she chooses righteousness and holiness, there will be a day 
when she can gather with daddy and mama and other family members around the throne eternal on the sunny banks of sweet deliverance. But if she chooses the road of sin, she'll be with the whoremongers and adulterers and liars and thieves uh, screaming and crying in hell forever. Oh, you've got to choose. Choose you this day whom you'll serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's easy to make the wrong choice, isn't it? Amen. I don't care what kind of car you drive. If you think a Chevrolet's better, drive it. If you like Toyotas, drive them in old buckets of Japanese bolts. Amen. Amen. But I'll tell you, amen. That don't matter. It's going to leave it all behind. They're all going to end up out here in the junkyard before long. Every one of them. Drive by the salvages and wrecking yards. And you see all those wrecks out there. They used to be some man's pride and joy. But they're wrecks and in the grave, in the in the automobile graveyard. But oh, when it comes to spiritual things, you're not just choosing for this week or this month or for the next five years. You're choosing for long, long eternity. I'm glad I said yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me hurry. I'm trying to hurry and close here. But Brother Roadcamp, it's our choice. It's our choice tonight. That downward road is crowded. Brother, no man can serve two masters. You say, well, I know what I'll do. I'll live for God part-time, and I'll live for the devil part-time. No such thing as a part-time Christian. You're either saved tonight. In your bosom, you've made the choice to serve God, or you've chosen to serve the devil. Listen to what the wise man Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 11 and 9. He said, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. And the wise man Solomon said in the conclusion of his writings in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. I'm going to close here in just a few minutes. When I was pastoring a church in Oklahoma, had a sister come to my church. She called me one night and said, Brother Rich, my grandson, he was 23 years old. Martin has had a terrible accident. Said he's been drinking and don't look like he'll recover. Many bones is broken in his body and he's in a coma. The doctors say he'll probably never come out of his coma. And even if he does, He'll just be a vegetable, not know anything, not be able to walk or talk or do any of these things. I went to the hospital there that night. They had Martin back in the intensive care unit. The doctors wasn't even concerned about setting any of his bones. They were so sure that he would die that they didn't even bother 
to think about fixing his bones. They're just trying to keep him breathing and keep him alive. I asked to go in and pray for him. They said, no. Said uh, He wouldn't even know you was there anyhow. Said, there's no use of praying for him. And I said, well, I'm a minister. His grandmother wanted me to come and pray for him. And finally they agreed to let me go in to the intensive care unit. And I laid my hands on him. And I began to pray for him. And I don't give Don Rich any glory. I give all the glory to Jesus. But he reached up with what seemingly was a broken arm took off an oxygen mask and spoke as clear, said, Brother Rich, is that you? And when he began to speak, everybody run over, doctors and all, to see what had happened. And I began to talk to him, and I said, Martin, you came so close to death. You almost went out into eternity, son. He said, I know it. He said, I've been drinking. I know I wouldn't be ready. I said, son, you're so close to being in hell. Why don't you give your heart to God now? He said, no, Brother Rich, you pray for me. And if God will help me get out of here, I'll come to the church. By then, doctors were busy with him. They wanted me to leave, and I finally left out. The doctor said he'd never walk again. They said he'd never talk again, but he was talking. And in three weeks' time, contrary to medical science, he stood up on his own two feet and walked out of that hospital in his, under his own strength. It's documented. Doctor said it was impossible, but without any cast, without any support, he walks out, a miracle of God Almighty. But we kept waiting for him to come to church. You would think after that kind of deliverance that he would have run to the house of God. But he did not. I called him. Oh, Brother Rich said, I'll be there next Sunday. But he wasn't. And then the next service, he'd say, I'll be there. And the next service, he'd say, I'll be there. Finally, I asked his grandmother, I said, where's Martin at? He said, I don't know. I've been trying to get him to come. He said, he's coming. And you know what he did? After such a miracle, he chose to head right back down that same old road he'd been traveling, chose to go back the road of alcohol and dope. Let me tell you, the Bible said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll of the flesh reap corruption. And so Martin headed down that same road and about three months later, his mother called me and said, Brother Rich, Brother Rich, I think Martin's been murdered. I said, surely not. She said, yes, I think he has. I'll call you back in just a little while if it's true. And she called me back in about three minutes. She says, yes, Martin's been murdered. And in a dope deal for $20, I said, boy, a $20 bill, a $20 bill. He got his throat cut with a straight razor for a $20 bill. Went out into hell. You're hearing me talk plain. That's where he went. Went right out into hell. I talked to the man that went and picked him up. He said, Martin was a strong man. 
And he said he had a strong heart. He said he owed these men $40. He said he only had 20 and he gave them 20 and they left. And then they come back demanding the other 20 and he did not have it. So they took a straight razor and cut his juggler vein. He said he ran out on the porch and fell on the front porch. And there, his heart pumped all of his blood out. He said, when we took him to embalm him, had very little blood in him because his heart had pumped his blood out. The man said, I almost quit my job that morning. For he said, when I came to pick up that body, the sun was just coming up. And I saw all of that blood on that front porch. And I almost went to the phone and told my boss, I refused to work any longer. But time had run out for Martin. He is suffering the consequences of his own choice. Don't let the devil deceive you. God has sent you here tonight. He sent me here tonight. I'm not just accidentally passing by. My wife will tell you, and I'm not boasting, but she'll tell you, there's not a week goes by. I do not get an invitation to come somewhere to preach. So I'm not just here looking for a place to preach. I've got all kinds of places to preach. But God, in His divine providence, has brought you and I to this crossroads together. And He's told me to tell you to make the right choice. I've got blessing and cursing, life and death. You choose which way you want to go. Oh, I'm so glad to see all this youth here, to hear you sing the high praises of God. But don't forget, all down through life, you'll have to keep choosing the right road. The right road is clearly marked. Amen. It's not hard. It's just a straight way. Which way will you choose tonight? We're going to close. But I'll take Jesus. I'll take Jesus. I'll take Jesus. You see, Pilate came to the crossroads, had Jesus there at trial. The Bible said to Jesus, said, Art thou the king of the Jews? And when Jesus failed to answer, Pilate said, Speakest thou? But not unto me, knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and I have power to release thee. Old Pilate went and called for a bowl of water, wanted to wash the guilt off of his hands. But his choice still remains. He chose to release a criminal, Barabbas, and he crucified Jesus. You may put on a good show, but your choice will remain. Oh, please come tonight. Choose life that you may live. Listen, not only do you choose for yourself, but in many instances we choose for our children when we choose the way of righteousness or the way of sin. Which way will you go? Life and blessing, death and cursing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My children used to question. When I'd say, honey, you can't 
bring anything like that into this house. Sometimes they wanted to bring in music. Hold on now. But in a Christian home, there has to be a choice of what's there. You hear me? They couldn't understand why we didn't have one of those boxes with a light in it over in the corner. But you see, when I chose to serve God, I chose to go all the way. And then they tried to bring in some records and tapes of so-called gospel groups. But it had that same old beat, that same old junk. Oh, you might as well say man, as you hear down there in the world. So they didn't understand why Daddy put it. Serve God in the beauty of holiness. That's why I'm here tonight. out of business, but I'm still running on. I'm not running quite as fast as I used to run. My steps are getting a little slower. Oh, I'm getting closer to my goal. I do not deserve a crown, but because I chose to serve Jesus, I will wear a crown of life. Oh, with my Brow is adorned with the crown of life. Stars in my crown. It'll be because I chose to serve the Lord. Some of my colleagues and those that grew up with me are already in hell tonight because they made their wrong choice. My old buddies I used to run with when I was out in sin, they came and heard me preach when I went back to my hometown to preach revival. They said, it can't be the same Don Rich. They were right. Jesus had changed me. They come to hear me preach. And that night I began to weep. And they come to me after service and said, Oh, we've never seen you cry. What's wrong with you? You used to be a tough cookie. But oh, when I got in the presence of Jesus, this tough cookie crumbled down and I chose life. Life. Eternal life. There's no future in this old world. Look around you. Can't you see it crumbling in? Can't you see everything that man's built decaying and coming to an end? But oh, those of us that chose the right road were getting ready to enter into our inheritance. Yeah, we're camping in Canaan land now, but Canaan land's not the promised land. Amen. That's why we, we get happy camping in Canaan land. But we're going to cross over into our inheritance one of these days. How many chose life? While every head's bowed now, no one looking around, would there be one you just lift your hand? Say, Brother Rich, Brother Rich, this message is for me. 
I'm at the crossroads in my life. I'm at the place where I must make a choice. Would you please remember me in prayer that I'll make the right choice. Raise that hand quickly. Put it right back down again. Is there a hand to be raised? Raise that hand quickly tonight. Lift that hand quickly. We're getting ready to come in and pray. God dealt with me to preach this subject tonight because I feel there's some that are here right now. You're at the crossroads in your life. You're at the place where you've got to make a choice. Life and death. Blessing and cursing. Which way would you go? Oh, the hand of one you say preacher I'm at the crossroads tonight I've got to choose now but I want this old time holiness way or whether I'm going to take the ways of the world but remember there's only one road that leads to life everlasting Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life I preached rather lengthy tonight, but I felt like it's so important that I let you know that the choice is yours. You say, I'm not going to choose. If you're at the crossroads, when you leave here, you have chosen one way or the other. If you're at the crossroads tonight and you fail to choose Jesus, then you have automatically chosen the downward road that leads to destruction. Could I see one hand? Say, preacher, I need prayer tonight. I'm at the crossroads of my life. Young man, young lady, raise that hand for prayer tonight. Yes, I see that hand. I felt like I was preaching to someone directly tonight. Did you know that God loves people so much that he'll take an entire sermon and an entire service and direct it just to one soul? That's how valuable your soul is tonight. I wonder if you've raised your hand if you'll take the second step now. Say, Brother Rich, I'm going to come to that altar. I'm going to settle it tonight once and for all. Would you come right now while this altar's open? Don't let the devil cheat you out of the blessing now. Oh, glory. If you've lifted your hand for prayer, now come on. Oh, God. Father, I pray for these that have raised their hands tonight. Lord, I know that they're at the crossroads. I know that you dealt with me this morning in prayer to deliver this message I've delivered. Now use it for your glory. That young man that lifted his hand, bring him on out of this altar of prayer. 
Don't let him choose the wrong road. Help him to choose life. He's at the crossroads. Would you come on right now for prayer? Come on right now. We're waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. We're getting ready to sing a verse of song, but we're waiting. Take that step by faith. Step out. Jesus will help you.